Welcome to our evening service tonight. We're going to be starting with a hymn written by Charles Wesley, number 174. And in the opening line of that hymn, he speaks about shaking off guilty fears. What would he mean by that? Well, the devil is very good at bringing up to us things that have been in the past in our life, and he would love to accuse us. His name, he's called the accuser of the brethren. Well, that means that he wants to present our bad cause before the God of heaven. And sometimes as the devil comes with those things to our lives, well, it can cast us down. We can begin to think, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. But you know, Luther, Martin Luther was really troubled for a long time in his life about that very problem of things he had committed in the past. And so he relayed himself wrestling with the devil and Satan bringing to him all the past sins he had done. And yet Luther, he brought the Word of God out and every time the devil would plague him with that and raise those guilty fears in his mind, he would say, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. And then he was able to rejoice in that. So, as we think of these words tonight, it starts off with, Arise, my soul, arise, and shake off thy guilty fears. The bleeding sacrifice in my behalf appears. And because we know that Christ has given himself and shed his blood for our salvation, we can be thankful and rejoice tonight in those great mercies and blessings. Let's stand, please, as we sing.
come to the Lord, please, now tonight in prayer. Our loving Father, it is with great thanksgiving that we bow tonight again in this place of worship and of prayer. And Father, we are thankful for the truth of the words we have been singing, that our Savior's blood has been shed for us, and we have no longer any fear because we are not under condemnation. Lord, we have been set free tonight, and we know that our sins that were many, and how the devil would bring to us betimes those guilty fears, and yet we can rejoice tonight that they are all washed away, that we have a sure standing before our heavenly Father's throne. Lord, this gives us great confidence tonight, and not in ourselves, but the confidence we have is in our Lord Jesus, and we turn our attention to Him, and we magnify, Lord, and lift up His name. And our prayer is that He would be glorified through our lives. Father, we want to give ourselves again in a manner of fresh rededication of life. Lord, make use of us individually. Make use of us as a congregation of people united around the cause of the Word of God, united with the purpose of lifting up the name of Christ and of glorifying Him. Lord, making the Word of Christ and the gospel message simple and presenting the simplicity of that Word. And will, Lord, make use of us in all the efforts that are extended in every gospel tract that is given out, in every time that our mouth can open to share the message of life and of truth and of everlasting hope. And, O oh God, we pray that this congregation and this ministry would be used as we prayed this morning, so we pray again tonight in Scarborough and Toronto and Ontario and in Canada. And Lord, let that word through the internet and technology go across the world. Lord, it's not of us, we know that, but it will be that our testimony may be used of the Spirit of God to be a blessing to others and to uh, let the gospel word go out for salvation. Father, hear our prayer tonight. Bless every one of us in this meeting. Bless the Word of God to our hearts this evening. Bless those who are watching our service online, those who are shut in from our congregation who cannot be out. Lord, bless them where they are. We do remember, Lord, those who are in great physical need, those who've had disabilities that have continued on into this new year, yet, Lord, they need fresh supplies of grace, the touch of the Master's hand upon their bodies and upon their spirits, that they would not be cast down, but rather encouraged in spirit, because they know that the hand of a loving God is providentially overseeing every detail of life. And Lord, whether we have health now 
for which we give thanks, or maybe tomorrow, the next day, that will be taken from us. We do not know. But we know this, Lord, and we are thankful that our lives are in the hands of a God who knows the end from the beginning. And this is our hope tonight. We do not rest in the predictions of stock markets or of economies or of retirement funds. And all of those things, Lord, they're in Your hands, but we are in Your hands. and We are resting there, and we want to walk in trust and faith each day. Lord, remember we pray the needs that are among the church of Christ in a wider sense. We think of our own sister congregations. We pray for every man who's preaching the Word tonight. Let there be signs following the ministry of the Word. We ask, Father, for blessing upon those churches and ministries that are not part of our denomination, but are endeavoring to stand faithful to the Word of Christ. Bless them in this new year, and bless the gospel word that is faithfully taken out. We pray, Father, for our missionaries. We ask, Lord, to bless those Christians who are under persecution and under heel of some oppression at this time. And Lord, let their testimony during the time of their trouble yet be a great blessing to those even in front of them. We think of the war-torn areas of the world today, whether it's in the Ukraine or, Lord, in the situation in Israel and Gaza. Oh, God, superintend, we pray, those situations overrule, and even to the furtherance of the gospel where your people may be able to live a, a witness before their difficult times. Lord, bless them. Help them. Save precious souls, we pray. Lord, hear our prayers tonight. Draw near to us now. We lift our hearts in thanksgiving, Father, for all the mercies we have received abundantly. And continue, Lord, to show us carefully the way forward. We ask for Your intervention in all the work that we put our hands to do, that, Lord, we will know that clear direction, that we'll walk in the center of Your will. Bless our school. We think of Whitfield starting up again tomorrow. Lord, bless the staff members. May they know the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon them. Bless every one of our administrators in the school. Bless our parents and the students. And Father, may we know the covering, the umbrella of the blessing of our God upon this ministry. Hear our prayer, Lord, tonight. Encourage our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' holy name we ask. Amen. Number 579, 579, Lord, in the fullness of Thy might. Standing to sing.
what the hymn writer was thinking about and writing about was how life passes so quickly, and it's so easy to be caught up and consumed in all the things going on around us. But he did not want to offer to the Lord distracted service. He did not want to give the Lord half, but rather he was praying, Lord, I want to give to you all. And however the Lord will take and direct our lives, we cannot always know for certain. But it is a great joy to say, Lord, I'm not sure what will be the outcome, but I want to leave everything in your hands. And I don't want to give you second best. I don't want half the heart to be on the table. Well, Lord, we're praying that He will receive, the Father will receive the dedication of our lives afresh to Him. And that will be the case tonight. Let's turn for a congregational Bible reading back to the book of Ephesians in chapter 3. Tonight, Ephesians chapter 3, reading from verse 13 to the end of the chapter. Ephesians 3 and verse 13. The Apostle Paul is writing, Wherefore I desire, he says, that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. May God bless His own precious Word to our hearts tonight as we have read these very precious words that we would know an increase of the love of Christ in our hearts. We would know an increase of His power working in our lives so that we would be useful for Him in His kingdom and for His glory. We welcome you again to our evening service tonight. It is very, very encouraging to see you all here, and I want to welcome also those folks who are in our service online tonight and encourage you all and thank you for your support and for your prayers. Mention that this morning, and I do it again tonight as we were traveling 
down south to visit with our family, and we enjoyed so much the international lunch and the, on the December the 24th, and we appreciate so much the congregation and the folks that participated and helped to contribute to that very important time. And then there was the afternoon praise service, and that was also a blessing. And also for Brother Cranston, who ministered the word last Lord's Day, and then Brother Siman in the evening. Appreciate the ministry of these brethren. And Brother Siman is in Port Hope again tonight. He'll be there throughout the month of January. And Brother Andre Lyons has been ministering the word in Port Hope in the morning service. And so please continue to remember God's servants as they serve Him and that they will be a blessing. And as they study the word, well, that will be also a blessing to them as well. As we think about the new year and as a congregation of people serving the Lord, my prayer for you is that you will know Christ's rich blessing in your own lives and in your family, and that you will be prepared for whatever God has for you in this new year. We do not look into any kind of a mysterious future and being able to tell the future. We don't know that, but we know the one who holds the future in his hand, and we are very happy to rest by faith there. Remember, please, all of the sick ones in our congregation, brothers and sisters that have to bear heavy burdens, remember them before the Lord in your prayers continually. Remember our school that will be starting again tomorrow after the winter break, that you would pray for the ministry of Whitfield every single day as we need much. The Lord would support and strengthen and protect that work and that we will think about that. And on Tuesday, we will have our North American ministers and elders prayer time that will be at 12 o'clock noon. So we ask for your uh, remembering that before the Lord. And then on Wednesday, our own congregational prayer meeting at 7.30. Don't forget that. Then Thursday night, I didn't mention this this morning, but we will be having our session and board meeting this Thursday, 6, and then at 7.30 in the will of the Lord. And then next Lord's Day, our Sunday school classes, 9.45, be here in good time to make a start. And then our morning and evening services, 11 and 6.30. After the service next Lord's Day evening, we will be having our hymn sing, our monthly hymn sing time, so please prepare yourself for that. If you did not receive a pad and pen and a magnet this morning uh, with our motto text on it, be sure to get one tonight before you leave, and we want you to enjoy those and let them be uh, a way of memorizing and keeping before you what the Lord has been doing. Please remember also the daily Bible reading schedule, a few left on the table. If you haven't got one of these yet, it's not too late to pick up and begin and to carry on the reading of the Word of God. Also, the offering envelopes, they were put out this morning, and they're on the table at the back. If you know your number, and I see that some of the envelopes have names on them, and that's good, well, you make sure you confirm what is your offering number and uh, take those 
envelopes and make use of them. I know that many folks now are getting into the e-transfers or giving your donations through a credit card. Those things are all fine as well. Some of you still want to use the old-fashioned way as I do, using a check and so on to write down those things. That's all right as well. Uh, so long as you find whatever way is suitable to make sure your offering comes in to serve in the Lord's work, and that's much appreciated before God. The Christmas card appeal that we set out for the Pregnancy Care Center was a great um, income that was brought in, over $5,700, and we will be making that available and sending that off to the Pregnancy Care Center along with the Christmas card that many of you signed, and that is much appreciated as well, and I'm sure that they will be happy to receive that, and we will get that checked to them as soon as possible. An advance notice regarding the week of prayer that we'll be having on January the 22nd to the 26th, Monday to Friday, from 7.30 to 9 o'clock at night each evening. Set out this time in your calendar because it has always proved to be a great blessing to our congregation. And we need to have the Lord's hand upon each ministry individually as we go forward into this new year. So please, my dear friends, keep that before the Lord and let every family be represented, if at all possible. It's good to see the Frasers back with us. They have been out on ministry in a way a little bit, ministering our brother James in Calgary and also in Phoenix and then down in South Carolina spending some time with their family. But it's good to have these folks back for a little bit. We pray for them that the Lord would bless their work and their ministry. Let's sing again to the Lord's praise number 580, 580. Go, labor on, spend, and be spent for the Lord. You know, there was a lot of spending that took place over the holidays, and uh, that's not the kind of spending we're talking about here. It's about spending of ourselves, our lives for the Lord. Let's stand as we sing this.
Please turn again in your Bibles to Psalm 68. Psalm 68, verse 1, let God arise, let His enemies be scattered, let them also that hate Him flee before Him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melteth before the fire, let the wicked perish at the presence of God. Let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Ye let them exceedingly rejoice. Sing unto God, sing praises to His name. Extol Him that rideth upon the heavens by His name, Jah, and rejoice before Him. And then over to verse 28, which we are marking as our motto text for this year. Thy God hath commanded thy strength. Strengthen, O God, that which thou hast wrought for us. Let's bow, please, in prayer. Father, as we settle ourselves now in this evening service with the Scripture open, I pray that our hearts will be open and that I will know the help of the Holy Spirit in speaking the Word again tonight. Father, I am very thankful for the faithful praying of the people that are gathered here in this fellowship, for the faithful praying of those for their pastor. And dear Lord, I pray tonight that as we come to this Word, that it will, Lord, be written on all our hearts. Let our minds be open. Give strength to speak the Word and Lord, give strength to all of us to hear the Word and to receive that in our hearts. We ask these things now tonight in our Savior's precious name. Amen. Well, my prayer is that this verse of Scripture in Psalm 68 and verse 28 well, it will be upon your hearts. As we came near to the end of the year, uh, the 24th of December, we handed you out the daily Bible reading, and you saw on there right away in big, bold letters uh, this motto text. And so it will be also on the directory, the phone directory that you get 
It's coming at you from all different angles, and we hope and pray that the Lord will make use of that in all our hearts. On New Year's Eve, there was an estimated one million people gathered in Times Square, New York, to watch the crystal ball drop to the countdown of the new year. There were celebrities and performers. There were commentators and politicians and those from every walk of life. And they were joined for those festivities of welcoming in the new year. Now, on the surface, there's nothing wrong with that idea of wanting to welcome in the new year. As a matter of fact, as the Lord's Day was on December 31st here, well, there was a gathering waiting on, not quite till midnight perhaps, but there was a fellowship time after the service, last Lord's Day, a gathering time for some testimonies given and a devotional word brought, and no better way for believers to think of welcoming in the new year but in the presence of the Lord. How many Christians, though, were among that crowd in Times Square? Well, we don't know. We have no idea. But what is known is that there was little to no thought of God in all the choreography, the comments, the performances, And the final countdown, there was no word of thanksgiving for all the blessings of God upon a nation for 2023, nor was there any idea or sense of prayer to the Lord for what might be in the year that we're now in. Why was that? Well, the answer is probably not too hard to figure out because this was a picture of the world with all its glitz, bubbles, pomp, and show, and no interest in God at all. As a matter of fact, if someone was to mention God in any real serious way, it would be seen as a fast way to ruin the party. For God is not in all their thoughts. It's a sad reality of our nations today and all that's going on around us. No sense of a spirit of humility. No sense of a realization of where we are heading as a nation, as a Western world. No sense of acknowledging that we are in dire need of the intervention of God in our nations. No, friend, none of that. In fact, there was the exact opposite of that. There was all of the sense of a denial of problem of a denial of the need of a God to intercede, the denial of a God at all. 
So what rejoicing is there for a Christian as we enter the new year? Oh, many, many ways. And namely, there is for us to realize and to thank God for His faithful provision in our lives. To stop and thank the Lord for His protection, for His love shown to us in ways that are more than can be numbered. For the old year that has gone away from us now, and then of course, the anticipation of the blessings of God upon us for the year that is in front, and to acknowledge the watch care of our God, giving ourselves into His hands and rededicating our lives and our families to Him. Friends, this is what we need. This is the very essence of what we need in our lives. We need to be strengthened by the power of God with that spiritual power that is not of men. Yes, my dear friends, in Christ, as we embrace the year, we do so with confidence. The world doesn't have confidence, not anything that is real. We do so with joy. The joy of the world is that which pops or sparks like sparks that rise from a fire. And they have no lasting time. And you and I today have hope, a hope that is firmly grounded and settled in the truth that we know of Scripture, in the reality of our experience and relationship with God, and the great knowledge that we have that our Lord is in control of all things. Yes, let us rest and be confident and be rejoicing in that. That is what we have. And in the face of every obstacle, we can have a calm and determined spirit because the Lord is with us. Psalm 68 it relates the theme of the ultimate victory of the church of Christ over the devil and all satanic power. And it is for this reason that David in the third verse said that God's people can rejoice, but let the righteous be glad. They're not going to be glad because their righteousness is founded in them. We're not going to be glad because we have some sort of magical power that enables us to look beyond and see the future and be happy about it. No, the rejoicing that we have and the exceeding rejoicing that we have is because we know Him who is the Creator and the Sustainer and the Redeemer of all humanity. I have chosen Psalm 68:28 as the key text for this new year. I believe directed by the Spirit of the Lord as I prayed for God to show me the verse of Scripture that He wants to have set before us as a people 
as a congregation, few in number, and yet one with the Lord is a majority. And friends, we don't have to be concerned about great numbers, but what we must be concerned about is faithfulness unto God. And as He has gathered and called us together as a people, we want the focal point of our ministry to be based upon God's holy Word and upon His promise, and that which the Lord has faithfully given to us as His people, let this be the guiding light for this year in our hearts. Let the promise that is before us be an anchor to our soul, so that when the going gets tough, and I have nothing to surprise you about, the going is going to get tough, and there are going to be hard times for us this year. Make no doubt about it. Because the Lord has said, all who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That is in front of us in some way, in some form or another. And therefore, my dear brothers and sisters tonight, let us be sure that we are standing firmly upon God's holy Word. Let us be sure that we are resting our souls in Christ. We thought this morning about the spiritual strength that is so essential for a Christian. Our Lord made it clear that the need of such power is crucial to live for Him. We cannot do anything outside of our Savior's power in our life. We need to have that. Without Him, we can do nothing. Spiritual strength, therefore, is not something to be taken as an option. It's not a choice. No, it's absolutely essential. It is necessary for our daily walking in obedience and in holiness unto Him. It is required for our common sense. It's required for our pure thinking. It's required and necessary for our biblical reasoning, for the discernment that is necessary, for our active and willing compliance to His Word. That's absolutely essential. We need to stay very, very close to His Word and the promise. And the way we view this necessity will be seen in the steps we take to ensure that we are not lacking, we are not weak in any way, we are not sickly, spiritually speaking, but we are strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And that's why the Lord gave to us the words of Ephesians chapter 6 and the spiritual armament that we are to take on as His people. We have the helmet of salvation. We have the sword of the Spirit and the breastplate of righteousness. We hold firmly the shield of faith wherewith we will be able to quench, to absorb all the fiery attacks of the wicked one. God has not left us without the armament necessary as a Christian. 
Let us therefore take that armament and take that spiritual power which has been promised to us because, my dear brothers and sisters, it is absolutely essential that we have this. We dare not go forward without it. We also thought this morning that this spiritual strength is based on the relationship that we have in Christ Jesus. For this God is our God. Our God who is the Creator. Our God who is the Sustainer. Our Savior who is the One who came to bleed and suffer and die on the cross for us. Ah, this is our God. Not the God of some heathen deity. Not some manufactured God made of wood or stone or steel. No, nothing of that nature. We have a relationship with the living God of heaven and earth. And today I exhort you, my dear friend, if you're here or if you're listening online and you do not possess the relationship, you don't know Christ as your own, do not delay another moment. And the reason why there should be no delay in your heart is because you don't know what a day will bring. You do not know if today will be your last day on this earth. But I say to you solemnly that if you leave this world without knowing Christ, there will be no second chance. For all the opportunities that God has given to you, He gives to you here and now while you have life while you are breathing and alive. But the solemn reality of Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3, where God said, My Spirit will not always strive with man. God's Spirit is now striving. He is working now to convict of sin and to show there is only one Savior. And so, yes, friends, if you're outside of Christ, you have no relationship with Him tonight. And I appeal to you in the name of our Lord that you would be certain, absolutely certain, that you are in Christ. That you know Him. That you possess Him. That He possesses you tonight. Because this spiritual strength that we are talking about, it is based upon the relationship that God has given to us, that has brought us into the light, that has given us the knowledge of the forgiveness of sin. We have the taste of that God is real. We know that in our spirits because He has revealed Himself to us, and He has given us a certain hope for not just time, but He has given us the hope of eternity. He has given us that knowledge in our hearts that He has saved us from our sins. We have become the children of the Most High God. And this should lift our thinking. It should lift us up to a higher place certainly a higher place in our minds and hearts. It should clear away the fog of some confusing thoughts that can come in. 
some worries, some fears about the unknown things of this new year. Ah, yes, friends. But when we rest upon the truth that we know Him and He knows us and that we are His children, children of the King, children who have been brought into the family of God that will never be separated from His family, we will never be taken out of the family of God. My dear friends, what rejoicing that is for you tonight. And if you don't know Him, I say to you, come because Jesus has said that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that's God's promise. And when you call, He will answer. We thought also this morning that the spiritual strength is not something that is self-generated. Thy God hath commanded thy strength. And the word command shows us that God Himself has decreed such spiritual strength for His people. It is His purpose. It is the Lord's intention. It's a divine principle for the body of His only begotten Son, the body of Christ. It's a clear statement of purpose. We have a statement of purpose that's hanging in the hallway in the foyer. That statement of purpose was prepared when we became a denomination here officially in 2005. And that statement of purpose tells very specifically what our denomination is all about, what our intentions were as we were starting out. Well, this is a promise. This is God's statement of purpose for us. Thy God hath commanded thy strength. It's at the very core. It's the operating system, the operating command that enables us to function and to live for His glory. Ah, my dear friends, this power to be saved is not from us. And when you're saved, you know that. It doesn't come from us, but it comes and is derived from the Lord Himself. And the same is true of the spiritual power that we have. The spiritual power to become a child of God and to be a faithful follower of the Lord, it has come completely from Him and it is nothing to do with ourselves. Now, someone might wonder and ask, well, if it's nothing to do with us, our salvation or the spiritual strength that we need, if it's nothing to do with ourselves, what are we? Are we like robots? Are we some kind of automatons that are just going along with mindless obedience to the Lord? No, friend. This is the mystery of the gospel. We mentioned that this morning. And the Apostle Paul said that he has been put in trust with this mystery to communicate the mystery of God's sovereignty, of the salvation that Jesus Christ has purchased on the cross that has been made known to us 
And the gospel appeal goes out to men and women. And it's the Spirit's work. But it is our response to the Spirit's invitation. Once we have been made alive by the grace of God, we receive that gift freely offered and we embrace it with all our hearts. And when we have embraced that, and when we have received it fully, we will acknowledge it is not of me. It is all of Him. And therefore we can say, Lord, salvation is by grace. Isn't that what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 2? By grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. No, our boasting is not in what we have done, but the boasting is in what our Lord Jesus has done for us. And so, we thank God tonight that our spiritual strength that is so necessary for us to go on is not self-generated, but it's God-originated. Tonight, I want us to think about this point that our spiritual strength is boldly taken by faith. It is boldly taken by faith. Please come back to our verse, and I want us to focus on the second half of it. Thy God hath commanded thy strength. Now you will notice a change because it becomes a prayer now in the second half. The first part is a statement. The second half is a prayer. Strengthen, O God, that which Thou hast wrought, that, Lord, which You have done, which You have accomplished, which You have purposed for us. Spiritual strength is boldly taken by faith. We are called in our Christian life to operate in this realm of faith. And faith, I say to you again, is not mindless belief. But faith is trusting in God's revealed Word. It is believing what God has said. Faith is that which we engage by God's power and Spirit to believe what He has told us. And as God has said it, and I have believed it, and that settles it. And when we rest in such confidence, well, my dear friends, we are able to go forward and face the adversities that come against us. Strengthen, O God, that which Thou hast accomplished for us, that, Lord, which You have done for us. And as we pray that, we will accept it and receive this 
by faith. And I want you to notice under this heading that this statement is based on God's promise. There is in this verse an action and a reaction. There is the action of God's promise, and there is the reaction of our receiving the promise by faith and stepping out, taking the Word of God, and then praying that into our lives. This is very important for us to grasp this tonight. This verse of Scripture, this motto text, this promise from God, it is an action and it's a reaction. Let's be very sure tonight that we get hold of what this means. When God makes a statement, His statement is unequivocal. His statement does not vary. His statement is certain and grounded and sure. And how do we know that? Because God is who He says He is. And when the Lord makes a statement and a promise, He will fulfill that and He will complete that. And so, as David is making this exhortation to the people based upon what he knows God has done and said, thy God hath commanded thy strength. So he's making a doctrinal assertion. He's making something that is very, very specific and clear, and it's based upon God's person. And so the action of the Lord Himself declaring who He is and what He is and what He intends to do is an important action. It's good to study the doctrine of Scripture. It is essential that we know the teaching of the Word of God. Because when a Christian knows the doctrine of Scripture, when we know the action or the declaration that God has made, and then we are able to look at it carefully, to see it in the whole body of the Word of God, and then we are able to dissect it. Now, we have to be careful about this because we don't want to dissect God's Word and spread it all over the dissection table to a point that it loses the import or the central message as it is all together. But for theological purposes, it's important for that to be looked at more in detail and with care. And so when we think about the Word of God and we look at doctrine systematically or systematic theology, it is a vital study for the Christian worker. It's a vital study for the minister. It's a vital study for the theologian. We want to know what God has stated. We want to know what God has purposed. 
We want to know the actions of God because the more we know of God's purpose, His action, the doctrines that He has revealed to us, it will be a strength for the child of God. And we're thinking today about spiritual strength. So if you want to be spiritually strong, you must know God's Word. You must know theology and doctrine. Friend, I say this to you solemnly. Do not be an ignorant Christian. Do not be a light-minded believer, but be as those that Daniel spoke about. They were strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. They were people who knew the Lord and they did exploits for God. How could they do that? Because they went out knowing the Word, knowing what God had decreed, and knowing what their responsibility was in light of that doctrine and teaching. The whole of the Bible is the message of God giving His mind to mankind. The Lord has revealed His mind to us to whatever degree we are able to take that in as finite creatures. Now, when we get to glory, we hope and we know that there will be much more of the Bible that is hidden to us now, and it will be revealed to us of God's will, of things that He could not have revealed to us now because we were unable to bear it. And the Apostle brought that out in different times in the Scriptures, how that he was going to teach the Christians something, but there was a point which they could not receive it. And why could they not receive it? Because they were children in their faith, instead of being adults in their faith, they were immature in their Christian development, and that immaturity hindered them from knowing the deeper things of God. What type of Christians are we tonight? What type of believers are we? Are we those who would have to be said by an apostle, I, I'd like to speak to you on deeper things, but I cannot because you are, you are like babies in Christ. Now, I don't say that in any way to insult any of you because I speak to myself on this matter. And I know that many of you are well and firmly grounded in your faith, and I rejoice in that as a pastor. I rejoice because I see you hungry for the Word of God. You are responding to the ministry that comes from the Scripture, and you are growing in your faith. What a blessed thing. But is there any one of us at the point of saying, I have a pretty good handle on this, and I, I don't think I have need for much more? No, there's no one who would say that openly before God and openly before a, a place of learning because we all realize 
there is room for us to expand our doctrinal understanding. But I say to you, friends, quite openly, and I say to you earnestly, don't be those who sit back. Don't be those who think, uh, I'll just let someone else do the heavy lifting, and I'll just kind of coast along. That's not what the Lord wants for us in our life. David said, God has commanded our strength. And our response to that action from the Lord, our reaction is going to be, Lord, we want You to strengthen that which You have already accomplished in us. It's based upon the Word of God. We also draw from this tonight that it is backed by the experience of what the Lord has already done for us. It's backed by experience. As we have grown in the Lord Jesus, we grow in grace and in the knowledge of Christ. Well, that's the purpose of Christian growth. That's what it's all about. That we are to be growing each day in the Lord. And when we have grown throughout 2023, from January 1st then to December 31st, every believer should say and be able to look back and say, yes, Lord, I have grown and advanced, not in a boastful way, but in a, a recognizing that I'm not where I was back then. There has been Christian growth and development, and every one of us want to look and see for that in our own life. And we've now commenced on 24. So would it not be our expectation that we will grow in doctrinal knowledge, that we will grow in practical Christian knowledge, that we will grow, dear friends, in a greater likeness of Christ in our lives? Is that not what we want? Of course we want that. And therefore, let us make that our prayer. Let us make that our joy and our quest but our spiritual growth and our spiritual strength, there is something that we can build on from our experience. And that's a good thing. When you're going to build any kind of a structure, you have to start with a foundation. And we have the foundation of Christ. We know that He is ours, that we belong to Him. We have that living relationship. But now we want to build our spiritual life, brick by brick, structure by structure. We want to see it growing and building. And therefore, we are going to take a step and build the next level. And from our experience of walking with the Lord. And this is a helpful thing for us. It's a helpful thing for us to realize that the experiences that God has blessed us with 
are those things that are going to help us for the next experience that we will have that we yet don't know about. Those experiences are, are not always pleasing, are they? Sometimes they're very, very painful. And the pain of losing a loved one, the pain of losing a life mate, the pain of being alone in life in that way in which you might be tonight, these things are not easy. But friends, I say to you that what the Holy Spirit teaches us through those experiences, it draws us closer to Himself, and it draws us to the point where we are less dependent on the things that we are so prone to be dependent on, namely ourselves and the fact that we think we can handle this, but the Lord will begin to take us down or to dismantle us in one way in order that He can build us up in another way. And that's what He has done. And therefore we will say, Lord, thank You for the experiences that You have given to me, what You've already done in my life, because I have seen the evidence of growth. And I have seen the development of Christ being formed in me. Can you say tonight, Lord, I'm thankful for those times. I, I tell you, when you're going through them, you'll not be thanking the Lord for it, because we don't often do that, at least not until you are very spiritually strong, where you're able to say, in the heat of the trial, thank you, Lord. We don't actually go to the point of asking for the Lord to give us another trial, do we? We don't, we don't say that. But friend, it's after the problem has come and the Lord has delivered us from that. And we're going to say, yes, Lord, that experience has been proved useful and profitable in my life. There's another thought here and that we are confident that in our greatest weakness, God will be glorified through His strength. In our greatest weakness, God will be glorified through His strength. How can this be received? It will only be received by faith because it's not going to be received by sight. It's not going to be received by circumstances, because all of those things can be horribly ugly. No, it will be embraced and received by faith. It's based upon God's promise. It's backed by the experiences that we have had in walking with the Lord. And we therefore can be confident that though we are weak, yet in Him we will be strong. And the Lord will be glorified through our times of weaknesses because of His strength in us. Oh, that's what the apostle knew. He had to have that proved in his own life. The great, the apostle Paul, the mighty giant that he was spiritually, 
But the Lord had to deal with him. Remember, he saw visions of heaven. He saw things that he could not speak to any other human about because God had taken him up into the heavenlies. And yet he acknowledged that God gave me that thorn specifically that I'll not glory as some great spiritual giant. If the Lord is going to make Himself known to you in some greater way, ah, believer, He's going to have to bring us to the point where we see our nothingness before Him and our great weakness, so that we'll come to the point of saying, yes, Lord, out of weakness I have been made strong. That was the evidence, you know, of those children of faith in Hebrews 11, after they had suffered horrendous setbacks. What does it say? Out of weakness they were made strong. Strengthen with might in the inner man. That's what the Spirit is doing in us. And to build this spiritual strength, how will that take place in our life? It's not magical, but it does come by faith. And it's not going to be by the snap of the finger. No, it's going to be by the mechanism by the tools that God has given to us. And that is His own Word. So therefore, by reading the Scripture, by studying the Word, by praying unto Him, these are the ways that God has made known, hiding His Word in our heart and seeking Him earnestly for the daily power to live for Him. Yes, friends, as we set ourselves for this new year, and we lay hold upon God, and we take Him at His Word, and we say, Lord, I want to know more of Your doctrine. I want to know more of Your decrees and purposes. I want to understand more and more and more of my Savior. So we will pray as Paul did, Oh, that I might know Him and the fellowship of His sufferings. Yes, friends, the power of His resurrection, these are things that we, we want to know in our life. And so I leave a couple of points with you now just as we conclude. Following on from what we thought about this morning, what can we expect this spiritual strength that will do for us well, it will give us confidence in the face of the unknown. And there will be many of those that we will face. And the Lord has promised that we will have this confidence by the Spirit's power. That we'll have joy when all the factors around us, well, they point to sorrow and disappointment. Yet we can still have the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. We will have peace in our hearts, the peace of God, when the storm is raging. We will have perseverance to keep going, no matter what, and to not stop 
And when the going is tough and the wind is in our face, say, Lord, by Your grace, I'm going to continue. I'm not going to quit. Yes, there will be victory over those besetting sins, those little foxes that spoil the vine, the fly in the ointment of the pharmacist that spoils the medicine. Get the flies out of the ointment. Take those things away that would hinder us as we are running the race of faith, laying aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And we will have from this the power that we desire and we need to witness and to be faithful in our generation. We're called to live in this, ta- this time and age. The Lord did not see us to be born in the 1800s. We're born in now, and we live in 2024. We live to be a witness here and now. And therefore, let us pray to that end and for that purpose. And we know that in doing so, our lives will be a reflection of our Savior, and we will be for His glory, for His honor. Let's bow, please, in prayer. Lord, write this word, these words, this promise upon our hearts, we pray. Make us better Christians. Make us, we pray, more like our Lord Jesus. We are thankful for that work that has been done in us that is a great work, for we have been forgiven. We have a standing today of no condemnation. Our sins have been washed away. And Lord, as we are growing and growing each day, we want to reflect the holiness and the perfection and beauty of our Lord. So hear this, our prayer, for we ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Let's close our service with hymn number 732. Another year is dawning. Dear Father, let it be in working or in waiting another year with Thee, another year of progress, another year of praise, another year of proving Thy presence all the days. We'll stand pleased to sing.
please, just in a moment of, of quietness. And friend, if the Lord has been speaking to your heart, if you are out of Christ, if you don't know Him, well, then let me say, whether you're a young child, young person, someone older, wait behind after the meeting tonight. Be happy to open the Scriptures for you and show you how you can know that you are truly a child of Christ. If you're online, send us an email. and We'll be able to pray with you and contact you and point you to the Lord. And friend, if the Lord has been speaking to your heart, you're a believer, but maybe, maybe you're not walking with the Lord as you know you should. Don't waste another moment of this year. Call upon Him now where you are. Call upon Him and just confess your sins, your wanderings, and you will know Him to be your Lord and your Savior, guiding, directing, showing that you might live and walk for Him. Father, hear our prayer tonight. Separate us with Your love, Your mercy. Go in front of us, Lord, we pray. Answer our prayers both in salvation and in restoration and helping us all to go on in this year to make a difference for our God. Lord, hear this, our cry tonight. So part us now in Your fear and love. For we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen.